Well, what's going on? My name is David, and I am the host of the Make Wake Podcast. And today is an exciting day because I have a good friend on today, Dr. David Campbell. He has been someone that has spoken some incredible amounts of influence into my life, and he is an incredible Bible teacher. He's an incredible person, husband. Man, oh man, the list goes on and on. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that our goal at the Make Wake Podcast is to provide a space for people to find community. So I ask you, will you join us? Because this community of people will commit to exploring what it means to love, to care, to influence our world where we lift people up rather than tearing them down. See, people can't live without meaning, purpose, and one another. The secular world can't seem to offer that. And trust me, I have tried for a long, long time. So I ask you, will you join me in a time where community might be one of the most important things we could ever be part of creating? And this podcast is going to shine light on voices that are living this out. So will you join us in making wake together? Cool. Well, what's awesome about this podcast, it's also sponsored by two incredible companies. The first one is Lively Film Creations. If you're looking to get a video done or for your business or for a wedding, music video, anything creative that you've got trapped in your mind and your heart and your brain, guess what? Lively Film Creations is a professional production company based out of Grand Bend, Ontario, specializing in cinematic quality videos. They provide that and they deliver quality professional media that's always what you need when you're getting the word out about what you've got going on be sure to contact them through facebook instagram or by email everything will be linked in the show notes and guess what if you're a listener of the podcast they're going to give you a 15 percent discount if you let them know that the podcast sent you just all you got to do is make sure you use make wake promo 15 when you're emailing dming calling texting whatever you got to do that's all linked in the show notes today Today's podcast is also sponsored by SGCA. You got to contact this team for all of your logo design, your signage, your vehicle wrapping, whatever your needs are. They've been helping entrepreneurs since 2005, and SGCA is located in Clinton, Ontario. Make sure you check out all of their work on their Instagram. Guess what? It's always so fire over there at SGCA. Okay, that's the sponsors for the podcast today. Let's get to today's episode with Dr. David Campbell. All on the topic of finding God in the midst of suffering. We all know someone that's gone through suffering. Maybe we've gone through suffering ourselves. And today's conversation is so essential because David really opens up what does it look like to seek joy in the midst of suffering and trials. Here's today's conversation. Okay, today, well, we have uh, Dr. David Campbell on the podcast today. How's it going, David? Not too bad, thank you. That's good. I'm, I'm glad we can make this work. Um, I'm really excited about this conversation today because, David, you are an incredible human being. That's why we have people on this podcast is because human beings are really amazing. And uh, you are one person that I have been tracking with for the last little while. I've got to know you over the last little bit, and it's been incredible because um, you're a husband, you are a pastor, you are an author, you're one of the professors and teachers at Theos uh, University and Seminary, which is an online uh, Bible class and Bible school. Um, and have I missed anything else? You, 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 you've got like a lot of titles. <laughs> you're a grandfather of seven kids, seven grandchildren. 
Um, there's a lot going on in your life. Is there anything else like to let the people know who you are, what you're about, um, that you would love to let the podcast know? Um, I come from uh, suburban Toronto originally, it's where I was born and raised in Brampton when it was a small town. So that shows you how old I am. <laughs> and uh, uh, I studied in Toronto and Chicago and then eventually went to England to do a, a doctorate in New Testament. And mm-hmm. I wound up starting a church there. And that's where I met my wife, Elaine. She was nursing at the hospital and came to the church. And uh, eventually we came back and started another church in Ontario, mm. uh, which we then uh, sort of, I hate to use the word retired because I don't believe in it, but we sort of late handed that over to a younger couple in order that we could spend all of our time um, mm. uh, on the road, tra- traveling ministry, sort of leadership mm. development, um, writing books online, you name mm. it. And so we've been doing that since 2017 and it's been wow quite remarkable experience so that's how we met you which yeah. we're delighted yeah if, yeah for people to let, let them know that are listening to the podcast you've been kind of um not kind of but you have been coming a really great voice where i pastor at, at one of the churches here in southwestern ontario called vital point church and you've we've been blessed by your teachings our community has been like oh my goodness who is this guy he's amazing he makes us really think um but it's just so great to have you on a podcast today as well because what i love about who you are david is you are someone that steps into the moment and i really do say you hit home runs you would probably be very humble and say you know what i hit singles every once in a while or maybe strike out but um you've learned you've learned from those strikeouts or those singles of how to hit home runs in a cultural moment through the time that we're living in right now um your voice has been pretty amazing to talk into cultural moments where people sit back and they're like, wow, okay, I really need to wrestle with this more. I need to think a little bit more about whatever topic you are teaching on or writing on. And today I really was wanting to spend some time on the topic of suffering. Um, Suffering is a fascinating topic right now. I kind of wrote it down in my notes getting ready for today that it's not something that everyone wants to really talk about. Um, It's not something that you get to the office or you get to the hockey arena or a soccer field and you're striking up a conversation with everyone being like, everyone being like, man, I'm suffering through something like I'm like, life is really tough right now. And I wanted to talk around about talk around this topic of suffering because you just released a new book called Nightlight. Um, Do you want to give us kind of like a little uh, paint a picture of what this book really is and why it came to life for you? Yeah. Um, I, uh, over a period of time, um, I encountered a number of people uh, that I knew who had gone through, um, you know, really serious mm-hmm. uh, issues of suffering. And I felt uh, the Lord speaking to me to uh, ask them, uh, a number of them, would they write their story? I went around to a number of people and said, would you be willing to write your story? And I had the idea of uh, if, they, if they would write their story mm. uh, and then I could teach around it and, and mm. sort of thread the needle through their story with biblical teaching, that it could be something that was really helpful for people because you have to meet people where they're at and all of us suffer. Uh, there's not one of us that doesn't. 
it seems to be more of a pertinent topic at the moment because of the pan pandemic situation that we've passed yeah. through, which has highlighted uh, suffering, maybe a little bit more than normal, and we've had to yeah. face it whether we like it or not. But uh, the bottom line is that God meets us in, in the middle of it all, mm -hmm. and God always meets us in the middle of whatever we're in. I used to run uh, conferences for young men, and I give it an assignment out, uh, just a short assignment. They had to write out a challenge that they've been through mm -hmm. in the past year and how God met them in it. Not, not necessarily how it was hundred percent resolved, but just how God met them in it. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I got some amazing answers back mm -hmm. over the years that I did those conferences, very moving. And, and then often I would get, <laughs> Um, those guys to share when we held the conference, I get them to share their story. And I, I, I realized that it was probably far more powerfully moving on people's hearts than what I was preaching. Not that I'm downplaying the word of God, but um, uh, it, it just was that way. And so uh, I thought uh, with this book uh, that it would be the same thing. Hmm. And uh, that a actually at the end of it, it would be really, really encouraging and helpful to people because, because when I saw some of these young men sharing their stories and, and often those stories involved, I mean, if it was a challenge, it was time of testing and some form of suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, but you'd see how God met them in it. And then it became, it takes the sting of fear out of it because we always think, well, how would I ever go through that? But then you find out that somebody, you know, has been through it and they're fine, and God's met them. Um, we can't paper over the fact that suffering occurs because we live in an imperfect fallen world. It's not God's fault that James says God's the author of every good and perfect gift, but we got ourselves into this mess, and we invited a very nasty uh, party in, into this world, and he's been uh, stirring up as much suffering as he possibly can ever since. Mm -hmm. So but God comes down in the midst of it mercifully and helps us. Mm -hmm. So that was the idea. And in the end, uh, there are, I think, eight stories in the book. I had it on my laptop for several years, most of it, uh, because I couldn't get a publisher. Um, one of the publishers said, well, nobody wants to read a book on something as negative as suffering. <laughs> yeah. And, that's why I said it wasn't a very hot topic to talk about. Like, <laughs> like no one's like, oh man, like I need to go find that book of suffering. <laughs> but actually, I think that uh, reading it will prove far more encouraging mm. to most people than some kind of, you know, hot air popcorn type, yeah. you know, stuff that some Christian books are just a, a load of hot air and mm. platitudes and everything will be fine and life is wonderful. And it isn't. It's a lie. And so I think we need to kind of grapple with it uh, because it's the reality that all of us live in. Uh, you know, one, one form of challenge or suffering and adversity or, or another, we all face that. And we need to learn and have tools as to how to overcome. Yeah. Revelation says that we're overcomers. That's how it defines us as Christians. And so if we're overcomers, it implies there's something to overcome. Uh, and we're fools if we think there isn't. But the good news is that God helps us. That's why we overcome what comes against us.
And so that's the idea of the book. So So far, uh, people have told me I should be selling boxes of Kleenexes um, (laughs) along with it uh, because of some of the um, stories are so moving. Mm-hmm. But they're they're very powerful and edifying and encouraging. I love the uh, the name of the book, Nightlight. Even like you said, like um, having a hard time finding a publisher because no one wants to like not saying no one, but like a lot of people aren't thinking I've got to go find that book that is maybe sad or dark or there's a lot of pain in it. But that that name of Nightlight and like you're saying, if people are seeing at the end of the book, like wow, there's a lot of light that is. Um, that comes through suffering in the pains and trials of life. And that's where I kind of want to transition to because for you as a communicator, as an author, as a teacher, as a pastor, um, you're in areas where you get to shine light in these areas around topics of suffering or other areas of hot topics and cultural moments. And you have a class at Theos U uh, on suffering, they call them hot topics, where it's a it's a short class. Some of them are a little bit longer, but it's either a short class or a few lessons. And you spent a few lessons, three lessons, on the idea and topic of suffering and how to meet God in the midst of the suffering. And one of the things, as I was studying, getting ready for today, I, I asked I asked the question I wrote down. You say that we need to understand God to understand suffering. Why is that? Why do we need to know and understand God more to understand the suffering that we go through with the trials? Well, I think that uh, a number of reasons. Um, we need to understand who God is, uh, that he is the author of every good and perfect thing. We need to understand that he created a perfect world. We need to understand that he created us in his image, not mm-hmm. independent of us, but in his image. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. we're, we're his representatives in this world. We're supposed to look like him. And that was God's intention. And we messed it up. We invited the enemy into the midst of it. And we, we, we lost that image in the sense that we stopped looking like God the way that we did mm, when yeah. he created us. And with it, the world, the creation lost that image. Romans 8 talks about that, that the creation is subject to, to, subject to futility by the one who made it. Um, so that the results of sin in, in, invade the creation as well. And that's clear, clear from Genesis onward. And so, um, but God, uh, who uh, being the, the uh, source of all love, that perfect love that he is, uh, had a plan even before we fell, because being God, he knew he had a plan to restore the image. And uh, the reason I know that is because in Romans eight twenty nine and 30, Paul says he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. So we lost the image, but even before we lost it, before we fell into sin, God had a plan to restore it, which is a good thing to remember when you're going through a hard time that God always has a plan, hmm. even when it, you may not think you have a plan. Uh, God always has a plan. And the other thing is that before God, God has the answer for your problem, even before you know you have a problem. Hmm. Uh, and that, those are things that I've learned through life as well. And in walking with people and in my own life, um, we panic. I panic. 
Uh, we all do. Uh, we all have situations. We wonder how we're going to get through this. But God has a plan. So everything goes back to God. That's why I say you have to understand God. Everything goes back to who God is. And the solution to all of our problems is in who God is. He is the answer, and he has an answer. Uh, and so the enemy, uh, who is still very much an active force, his intention is for us to um, blame God, to become angry at God, uh, to curse God like the people in, Revel in Revelation do, even as you know God is sending these plagues to try to wake them up out of their idolatry and draw them back to him. Instead of that, just like the plagues of Egypt, their heart gets hardened and they curse God uh, for what is their own fault. Um, but if we know who God is, and as Christians, we know who God is, that brings a freedom. It brings a whole new perspective. It brings a whole new attitude. It brings a whole new outlook on life. We understand and look at the world differently because we know who God is. He is love. He has a plan. He sent his son to die for us. Mm -hmm. And God is omnipotent. He is all powerful. Yeah. And there's nothing beyond his control. And I think the last thing I would say, and that is that no that where, where Romans 8.28 says, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose, he works all things together for good, or all things work together for good. Uh, that God can take the worst situation that anyone can go through and bring good out of it. God didn't create the worst situation, but God can bring good out of it. Anything you or I go through, uh, the Lord has a redemptive, constructive plan to bring good out of it, no matter what it is. What would you say to someone that is maybe on the fence of faith in Christianity, uh, of believing in who God is and knowing who God is. Like as a Christ follower, we have to, we were told from a young age or from when we walk through the doors and start actually walking our life down the path of the Christian faith and who Jesus is and who God is. But what about the people that are maybe very skeptical about, okay, in trials and suffering, it's just like, okay, like I don't see a God in this. Like how do, how would you respond to them? Yeah, well, and, I'm not, would, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to create an us and them kind of thing. I'm just trying to say for the listeners that that may not be Christ followers, how would they begin to understand who God is in this? Well, we have good news. The meaning of the word gospel is good news, yeah. and uh, you know our job as Christians isn't to go around beating people on their head, <laughs> uh, you know, because they they aren't following yeah. Jesus. Our job is to have compassion on them. Mm -hmm and to bring them good news that they don't have to live any longer in the darkness that they're living in, that God has a plan for their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we, we present the truth that the, that the Bible uh, gives us, which is that God created us um, in his image. He created this world in a, in a, you know, without sin, without imperfection, and it was us that messed it up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not God's fault. But people say, well, God is God. He's all powerful. Surely he could have fixed it otherwise. But here's the nub of the issue that we're created in his image. Uh, God wants relationship with living human beings, with people who are like him, uh, in the sense that we have our own will and the ability to choose. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have a personal relationship with God at all because we would we would be we wouldn't be in His image. We would be you know yeah. robots or something like that. <laughs> and so the risk in that uh, in giving us the choice is that we reject Him, hmm. and uh, and that's the that is the same risk that we face in any human situation hmm. that when you enter into um, a friendship or when you enter into a relationship, when you enter ma- even into marriage or even into a business partnership for that matter, or whatever, there's always the possibility that the person may reject you. Hmm. And uh, some people uh, are so embittered and hurt by experiences of rejection that they've had in their lives that they cannot bring themselves to trust anyone and they live a very lonely life. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very sad. Um, but uh, uh, we have good news to, to bring to people that God broke into our, you know, uh, as God has broken into our mess and he's turned the light on and we can now return to him. That's mm-hmm. the good news of the gospel. And God has a way of restoring things that we've made a mess of in our lives. I mean, there's some things that um, uh, there's some things that uh, you know we're stuck with the results of uh, of it. But God has a wonderful way of restoring. So uh, just winding it back to because I've wandered a bit. Just winding it back. Um, that uh, my point is that God created us as people with the potential to accept or to reject him. And that is what God bears the responsibility for. We can sort of blame God for that. Um, But then uh, what's your alternative? If you're blaming God for that, then you're blaming God for being, for having, having a life and being a human being. And what would you rather be, a turnip, you know, or uh, a piece of uh, machinery like, you know, Amazon's hiring to replace people in their factories and so on? No, I don't think any of us want that. Uh, And so the message of the Bible is that God created us for relationship with the possibility of being rejected. Mm -hmm. We did reject him. That's not his fault. That's our fault. But there's a way back in spite of that. And and the thing is that God paid the price for that. That's, that's the message of the cross, that God sent his own son to bridge that gap. When the gap became so big that we couldn't ever get back to God, God said, well, I'll do it for you. I'll pay the price for your yes. sin and rebellion. That is the love of God. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I think that's a great response to that. And I love your little bunny trails because they honestly, they add to the answer. And I just think it's so fruitful for this conversation. And, 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 and what you've alluded to already, and your book alludes to it as well, is um, seeing the goodness of God through suffering. Um, many times as, as individuals, as human beings, we sometimes are like, man, like, how is there any good that comes out of it? Um, you, you talked about this in your class at Theos U that we need to be seeing the goodness of God through suffering. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, the trials are going to be hard. It's going to be dark, stormy, whatever you want to call the suffering. But how do we as human beings put on the lens of seeing his goodness through this suffering? Yeah, well, that's where I try to take uh, a number of passages of scripture and explain them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that 
if, if we do that, we can see a lot of things like we, we see some of the things I've been talking about that yeah. um, it's, it's not God's fault. It's our fault, but that God's provided a way mm-hmm. back that God has uh, God can bring good and desires to bring good out of everything that, um, you know, our faith is described as being like gold, which passes through the fire and uh, the fire implies some kind of adversity, challenge, or suffering. But through it, all the garbage is is uh, is kind of burned away, and we wind up with something that's actually more precious. And that actually is that actually is a, a fact that as as we pass through situations of challenge, we have two choices, one of which is to reject God and become embittered and angry and refuse to accept any responsibility we have. And, and that's a very bad choice. It leaves people in a, in a really bad way. The other is to say, well, all right, I'll own up to my responsibility. Um, I mean, people have a hard enough time owning their responsibility when they failed toward another person, let alone toward God. But if you do it, um, there's enormous benefit. Uh, how many times have, have you, you actually finally gone and apologized to your spouse or to your kids or to a friend? You know, it was a really hard thing to do. I, was, I used to find it hard apologizing to my children when they were growing up when I'd blown mm-hmm. it, but I, I did it. And uh, what happens is that you wind up with a good relationship with those people and you feel, you feel you've got a clear conscience and so on. So how much more with God? When we go back and get uh-huh. right with God, it gives us a this amazing thing called a clear conscience and, uh, and, and a hope because the Bible gives us a hope that's beyond this life. If, 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 if we only have hope for this life, um, the new Testament says that then we're, we're deluded, but the Bible gives us a hope that is for beyond this life and that this life is a preparation, a gateway to eternity. And, uh, that also puts, some of the things that we go through in this life into perspective uh that we have a reward that is waiting us Mm -hmm. that is far greater than any of us can ever imagine Mm -hmm. that's beautiful now i want to ask a a tougher question (laughs) to me it seems like a tougher question for you You might have the answer for it at sometimes i'll hear people say going through life that um, they're going through something tough where life is just going sideways, either it's the loss of a job or financial stuff or even family marriages falling apart or kids leaving them. Um, and they say, why would God let this happen to me? Do you believe that God is someone like, that is orchestrating suffering or is like, what's your thoughts on that when you hear someone say, like, why would God let this happen to me? Like, why? I'm a good person. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, it's a, it's a phrase that I've, I've heard a few times through my life of just growing up with friends and family. Like, I can't believe why would God let this happen to me? Yeah, and part of it goes back to things I've already said, that, that God didn't want those things to happen to you any more than you wanted them to happen to you. That wasn't how he... Mm-hmm created things, but we messed it up. Hmm. And unfortunately, um, sin is like nuclear fallout. Uh, I mean, we, when we lived in Owen Sound, we weren't too far from the uh, Bruce nuclear power plant. And, and uh, you know, if, if, if somebody pressed the wrong button there, hmm. then, uh, 
we would all have died. Uh, mm. the, the good people, the bad people, and everybody in between. And sin is kind of like that, uh, that it affects everybody. So, and Jesus addressed this question, and I, it's in, one of, it's in a, one of the chapters in the book, when uh, there was a man born blind, and the common belief of the day was, well, it was either him or his parents did something terrible that this happened. And Jesus said, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, sin is like nuclear fallout. It affects people uh, randomly. And, and not necessarily according to anything good or bad that they've done. That's just the fallen world that we live in. It's why, you know, one of my uh, closest friends in the ministry, in ministry, lost two kids. And uh, both of them were killed in traffic accidents, one on the mission field. And he writes a story in the book. Uh, and it's just that those things happen. Um, but uh, I had a extraordinary uh, experience uh, in relation to um, this uh, uh, pastor uh, and how God used uh, in the life of somebody that I knew, God used the death of his daughter who was killed by a drunk driver. Uh, God used that in the life of a friend of mine. Uh, under the most extraordinary circumstances that could only have been an intervention of God. And when I was talking to him about it afterward, he said, you know, um, uh, there, there's there been so many mercy drops that have fallen from Anna's death. Uh, mm-hmm. So many things that God has done. Does that answer the question why she died or does that resolve the grief? No, it doesn't. But God is, is at work bringing good things out of it. And uh, his daughter had come back to the Lord before she was away from God. She had come back to the Lord before she died. So the family has the assurance that she is with the Lord and will, they'll be reunited with her in forever. And so um, I, I think this is why people's stories, uh, such as the ones that I've the eight that I've got in the book, including my own, one of my own kids who had cancer. Um, it's why the stories are so powerful because in a way they answer your question better than I could probably do it. I mean, I can do it by expounding scripture and saying all these things, but how God met these people in the midst of it packs a punch. Um, because it's practical, it's real life, it's just God meeting people in the middle of it. It packs a punch, and at the end of it, you feel, well, we live in a world where bad things happen, including to, you know, bad things happen to good people, and things happen that are not deserved. However, um, God is, 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 is redeeming things and working his purposes through it and bringing good out of it, out of what wasn't his purpose to begin with. Hmm. Yeah. Something that's been kind of walking around in my brain and uh, listening to your course and, and hearing you talk about this now, it's like, obviously, um, God's not orchestrating the suffering. It comes from, it comes from sin. Um, it comes from our choice to reject him. Uh, I, now, the thing that I ask is, um, there is an enemy of this world who is Satan would you believe that he is stepping into this, these moments of history into people's lives, orchestrating the suffering, bringing these trials into people, people's lives? Absolutely. Uh, but having said that, 
um, people bear their own responsibility for their their own wrong decisions where in mm-hmm. those cases where people get themselves into trouble as a result of a wrong decision sometimes people get into trouble because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> wrong time yeah but sometimes uh, people dig themselves into a hole I mean if you smoke cigarettes all your life you're more likely to get uh, lung cancer than someone that's never smoked at all and I'm not coming down on the smokers I'm just saying everybody knows that yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's just it's just a fact um, and so there are certain things that we can do uh, in terms of the way that we live which are, are are risky and are going to get us into trouble and you know if you handle your finances like a casino or something then mm-hmm. uh, your finances are going to be mm-hmm. a mess and that's your own fault does you know this the supernatural power of the enemy um, does that come in on top of it to increase things yes it does uh, I have I I firmly believe in the supernatural power of evil mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it at work and uh, it's just a reality. However, uh, when we come to Christ, he is greater. He is mm-hmm. greater than that and he overcomes that. And uh, I've also seen stories of great redemption where God has done miracles in the lives of people and their circumstances when they've turned to him. Hmm. That's cool. That's, that's awesome. Something that... Uh... I found fascinating from listening to you teach on this before is you say that as a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is inside of us and he empowers us. And in that relationship is beautiful. It's intertwined together. And, and as, as suffering happens in our life, when we cry out to God, you've mentioned in, in before that God hears those groans from the spirit. Can you open up that a little bit? Like, what does that really mean that God is in tune and hearing the groaning from inside of you as a Christ follower of what the spirit and what he is with you and, and it's part of you? Well, the passage in Romans 8 verse 26, where he talks about the spirit groaning within us as mm-hmm. we're praying is I think one of the greatest um, sort of descriptions of the love and mercy and compassion of God in the whole of the Bible, mm-hmm. that God comes down to us and groans with us and inside of us wow. and uh, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there are times when all you can do is groan. I mean, we've all been. I've been there. <laughs> we've been at low points. I remember yeah one really really low point i was at and everything seemed to be going wrong and all that i had tried to do you know seemed to be coming to nothing and um i was on my driveway taking the garbage out and and i thought i just don't even know if i can do this i was just totally immobilized and i i felt god nudging me and saying just put one foot ahead of another and somehow I got down with my garbage bags at the end of the driveway. And, um, and God met me uh, and gave me some more strength. It wasn't like night and day, but he just gave me more strength. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept on going and I didn't stop. And eventually I came through that very difficult period, which involved some betrayal and rejection and some really awful things. And... Uh, and so God is just there. I mean, it was, and in those times, 
some, you know, all you can do is groan. You can hardly pray even mm. sometimes, but God still is there. If you cry out to God in your heart, uh, even if it's only a cry, my wife always says when she gets really, uh, uh, stressed, anxious, and at the end of her tether, she'll go drive somewhere remote in the car and start just yelling at God at the top of her voice. And someone say, might say, well, that's, that's not very religious. Well, it isn't religious. It's real. And wow. if you read the Psalms, David did it all the time. Yeah. You know, the Psalms say, how long, oh God, how long, how long? I mean, mm. They, David got into arguments with God mm -hmm. and he was very honest because God knew that, mm -hmm. that he was mad at God in his heart. I mean, God knew that. You, it's, there's no point mm -hmm. when we're mad at God at, at mm -hmm. disguising it, uh, you know, because we want to be spiritual because God knows anyway. It's far yeah. better to say, Lord, I'm angry. And I've actually done this, not fortunately, not all that often, but I, I have got to the point where it's like, Lord, I am just angry at this happening to me or my family or whatever. And, and I know it's not your fault, but I still, am, I'm just voicing. This is what I, I feel. And I think it's very healing and therapeutic. God comes and puts his arm around us and reminds us that he's with us. And even if the answer doesn't immediately materialize, just to know the presence of God, that's what I've always found when I go away and pray and I'm desperate and the presence of God just comes His peace. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, my peace, I, I give you not as the world gives. Do I give peace yeah. Because in this tribulation in this world? You'll have tribulation, right? But, but I've overcome the world and, and, and I'll give you my peace. And that's it. You know, that the peace of God doesn't necessarily provide a sort of a turnkey, a uh, whole new life for us where everything is furnished and beautiful and restored and whatnot. But the mm -hmm. peace of God is enough. It carries us through. And it then God begins to turn our situation around and we see him at work in it yeah. because he is a God of restoration. I feel like sometimes um, in my own life, when I've gone through trials, when I've gone through suffering, um, I feel like God just, he wants me to scream. He wants me to show that emotion like David does all throughout the Psalms. Um, and there's this, I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like when we release those emotions and those cries and those groans, it actually turns our heart and I would say takes it to another level of relationship of being vulnerable with God. Would you kind of say that? Like that's, he, he wants us to be vulnerable and open and emotional and show him that we, we long for him to be present in our lives. I think that's a part of any human relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and fortunately it isn't all of it or else we'd be yelling <laughs> at each other all the time. Um, but I do think it's part of it. And all I'm saying is that, God, God doesn't fall off his throne or get offended mm -hmm. when we go to him in honesty and say, this is a mess, God, and I'm just angry that I'm in it and I feel angry mm -hmm. at you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I know it's not your fault, but that's what I feel. And I, mm -hmm. I'm just, I've had it and I need help. And that's kind of a paraphrase of some of the songs really. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think there are times when that's a very helpful thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. better than, you know, living in denial and, and 
papering it over and it yeah. all this you know it's just there anyway and become goes internal and becomes corrosive uh, it's far better that's in any kind of if if a person is carrying any kind of bitterness anger resentment any therapist or psychologist will tell you that the best thing you can do is to get it out mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it just goes inward and creates all sorts of massive problems tension and yeah massive problems repress and things and suppress things mm-hmm. and so on you you along as uh as as other communicators and teachers in this area have have went back to scripture and it shows through scripture that we need to count uh these trials at joy as joy all the time um and, and what's fascinating is like, how do we see these times as joyful times? Like, yeah, we've talked about the goodness of God, seeing the goodness of God through that, but how do like, as a human being going through life, seeing trials, and then all of a sudden we're saying, we're told like, you got to see this as a joy. You got to see this as something that is going to be bringing life into your, at some point in your life. Like, how do we see it as joy? Well, uh, in the old Testament, they had the answer to this because that God gave him the answer. He said, remember. And uh, this word remember, it, it's a Hebrew word, zakein actually. And it, it's a loaded word. It means remember in a way that it changes your outlook and actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why when they had a victory, they built a little cairn, a pile of stones or something to remind mm-hmm. themselves of what God had done. And uh, so what I do is, and, and we had friends that went through extreme financial difficulties and every time that God supplied something materially, even if it was small, they put a, a stone in a jar and pretty soon their jar was overflowing and God really met them and, and, uh, actually took that couple into a, a worldwide counseling ministry where they helped countless people. And the last I talked to them, they, they've still got the jar. Of course, they'd have a hundred jars now, but they just keep one to remind themselves. But you see, they remember what God did. And I always uh, look back at where God has met me. Man, for instance, the time I was saying the garbage out at the end of the drive, there's lots of other dead ends I've been at. Um, God met me there. I remind myself of the faithfulness of God. And I remind myself of all the good that happened afterward. And so when I'm in a, a pickle or a predicament, um, I count it joy in the sense partly that uh, I, maybe I'm suffering because I'm a Christian, and so God will have a great reward for me, or maybe I'm just suffering, and I, and I don't know why necessarily, but I know that God has a plan, and I've seen him work his plan in the past, and that gives me you know, a seed of joy in the midst of it. It, You know, he says counted joy. He doesn't mean, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of a sudden you're supposed to get in the table and start hooting and hollering in the midst of your pain. He's just saying, take the seed of the word. There's a seed of joy in the middle of this, which you know from your past encounters with God and how he's helped you and hang on to that because that joy is going to blossom as time goes on and you'll see the hand of God in your life. And you count it joy uh, in the sense that you say, well, Lord, I've given this situation to you, even maybe it's a mess you've got yourself into, 
but now I've turned around, I've given it to you, I've apologized, I've repented, I've put things straight in my life with you and with other mm -hmm. people, and now I believe that you have restoration on the way for me. And that is, uh, and that, that, that I'm gonna come out of this better than I went into it. And that's the count it all joy, because I know that this is going to result in joy. It's going to turn out for good. Yeah. What I love what you, uh, that you say in your class with this is um, joy is not all, just an emotion. You say joy comes from the spirit. What does that mean for someone that is like, oh man, usually when I feel joy, it's like, it's like butterflies in my stomach or overwhelming happiness. What do you, what do you mean by it comes from the spirit? Because you do say it is also, a, uh, there is emotion behind it, but there's something much deeper to joy. Yeah, well, it's like what happened to me when I was taking the garbage out that day, that um, God met me in a mm -hmm. deep, deep place. And uh, the deep place is what the Bible calls my spirit. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within me, according to the Bible. And so deep in, in my inner, at the core of who I am as a person, um, God invades that place and does something. And that gives me, it's like we do core exercises. People always say, you know, do your planks. Uh, and so I dutifully do planks every morning, actually, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you, um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see that David has definitely been doing his blanks. <laughs> well, I know about that. But, um, but the whole thing about core exercises is it doesn't necessarily show, but it strengthens your core and enables mm. your body to function better in other ways. And so it's a kind of like a core exercise is when the Holy Spirit comes into my inner mm. being, then that is a strength that I've got that enables me to withstand all the things that are going on externally in my life. And, um, and what happens is sooner or later, that strength begins to pervade mm. everything else in my life, including my emotions. The emotions mm. may be the last thing to be touched, but sooner or later. Mm. And I have had times, David, when, you know, I've had, had experiences with people where I felt I've been really wrongly treated, like all of us had those. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've given them to God. I, I've said, Lord, I, you know, I'm giving that, this t person to you. Um, that's the meaning of forgiveness. Uh, it, it, it's real. I can't paper it over. But, Lord, I don't have the right to be judged. I'm giving this person to you. And you please deal with them in your mercy, knowing that you dealt with me in, mm. in your mercy. So uh, I go through that, and it's off my plate. And then I see how God works in that other person and sometimes there's a restoration i had one amazing situation where someone came back to me years later after after there was a real breakdown between us and uh and apologized very very sincerely and it was so life-giving it was amazing and sometimes you see that people you know reap the results of what they've done and and you look at it and it's not that you you say, oh, now I feel great that they're in a bad place because of what they did to me or whatever. I mean, that's not right either. But yeah. you just say, well, God's teaching them something. You know, they can't get away with this and doing this to people. Uh, they're going to reap a result. And 
that's a good thing, not because they're in a bad place, but it's a good thing because now maybe they'll hear God and get themselves straight with God and come through to a better place of health in their life. And, and I've had lots of those situations where I've just seen God work things out. I'm just using the example of, um, you know, relationship breakdowns where you see God things work out. Yeah. It takes time, but it happens. Um, we were in a financial predicament, and one day I just felt God said to me, I'm going to start to turn this ship around, but it's, it's going to be incremental. It'll take a long time. And almost immediately, I can't remember what it was, but something happened in our mm. finances that was an improvement. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and then several months later, there was Were something you playing else. the lottery? Were you playing the lottery then? I was not. <laughs> Just kidding. Cheeky. Several months later, something else happened. Several months after that, something else happened. And yeah. gradually, I thought, oh, that's what hmm. God meant when he promised me. And over a period of a couple of years, the ship really turned around. So some of these things take time. Mm -hmm. But if you have the core, if you've been doing your core exercises, your spiritual plank, so to speak, then you've got the strength within you to believe that even though things are tough, that God has a plan and that mm -hmm. he's going to get you out of it. And then when you see him actually doing that bit by bit, it becomes a, a, a source of tremendous joy and rejoicing mm -hmm. that affects your outward emotions as well as yeah. what's going on in your inner person. Mm. That's fascinating. Very fascinating. Well, wrapping up our conversation here, what would you say to someone um, that is facing suffering right now face-to-face? Because like you kind of said, and we chatted about at the very beginning, the time that we're living in right now through the pandemic and coming out on the other side, if that's ever happening anytime soon, um, it is ramping up and heightening the level of suffering. We're seeing a lot of people go through um, suffering right now, either whatever it is in their life. What would you say to someone right now that is face-to-face -face with the storm of life and just does not know where to turn, does not know what to do? Um, what would you say to them? Well, if I was being flippant, I'd just say buy my book. Uh, but in all seriousness... <laughs> I think that the stories in it will really help you if you're in that place. Uh, that's why I wrote it. Yeah. Uh, but I just encourage people to never believe the lie that God is raining down fire and brimstone on them and he hates them and he's mm. created all this suffering for them. Don't believe that. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And if you haven't got faith to believe it for yourself, Find people that have faith. Be around people that have faith and that do trust God and have a positive attitude because don't hang around negative people. Don't hang around other people that are moaning and groaning in their beer and whatnot. You know, hang around people who have found God in their lives, who have a positive attitude, who can strengthen you, encourage you. And, and that's part of what church is all about. Church is a community. It's a family of people that can hold each other up. And so, I've, so many times, Elaine and I have said over the years, looking at people, I don't know how people could survive this if they didn't have yeah. the Lord and they didn't have God's people around them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so God has provided an amazing resource in other Christians, in the church, and, uh, and of course, in his Holy Spirit, who will meet you 
just as surely as he met me going down the driveway with the garbage that day. Yeah. Well, David, thanks so much for being here today. Um, why don't you let everyone know where they can get your book um, right now? Well, that's easy. It's on Amazon, but you can order it through, uh, you know, any Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called Nightlight. The name, I, I can't take credit for it. The uh, people that produce the book for me are most marvelous creative people. And every time I write a book, it comes out with a different name that's something <laughs> I could never have dreamed up. That's amazing. But it says it. It's a that's night. It's a light in your night. Um, awesome. Anywhere else that people can connect with you? Maybe they want to chat a little bit more. Would they be able to reach out to you through Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and I have a website, davidhcampbell.com, where I, I publish very short, four or 500 mm-hmm. word blogs every week, which addresses practical issues that people are going through. It also yeah. um, has all my books on it. It also has, uh, it'll at some point have this podcast on it and a number of other recordings that I've done yeah. that I'm gradually accumulating. Mm-hmm. So that's davidhcampbell.com and, and uh, hop over to that. Uh, it may be a help to you. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that, that uh, your blog posts every week have spoken a real good life into my everyday life where I was just like, man, I need to be thinking about that. And I'm just so grateful for your words. I'm grateful for your passion of uh, for people and to expand the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Um, and we're just so grateful to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much, David. I hope you have a good one. You too. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with David. Um, Make sure you give him a follow. Make sure you send him a DM on Instagram. He's incredible with connecting and making sure to continue the conversation, uh, not just on podcasts and audio form, but also in real life. So make sure you're doing that today. And don't forget to check out today's sponsors, Lively Film Creations and SGCA. You can contact them through the show notes. All of their links and bios are provided there. And uh, they would love to help you along the journey of getting your name out with anything creative you've got going inside me trust me they have supported me and loved me and cared for me as we take steps into this podcast world into the youtube world and they're just doing such incredible stuff behind the scenes uh which is loving caring and supporting and then also helping as well uh so make sure you check them out okay that's it for today i hope you have an incredible day or week or evening whenever you're listening to this and I hope this conversation around suffering with David has really been one that will help you understand there is joy there is amazing sense of happiness coming out of trials when you notice them and you lean into them as well that's all for me today I hope you have a great one and let's make wake together